hello everybody we are back for the third episode today we are going to speak about one of the greatest anime films of all time your name which was directed by makoto shinkai your name or kimi no nawa in japanese is simply one of the i mean it's one of the most iconic anime movies if you true, look at true, true true isn't it so yeah. i mean before watching this movie in fact i had constantly heard your name your name and after watching other anime films especially others of makoto shinkai such as 5 cm per second or even some others i thought what can be better than this you know what i mean exactly shivang like there was so much hype around this film and it really got me thinking what's so special about it before exactly. even before you even see the film but yeah. after you watch it you exactly know what everybody means it lives up to its hype that's what i'm saying after watching the 5 cm per second i thought there's no way the film can be better than this you know what i mean that yes. was the kind of feeling i had at that point but then when i watched it it was a very different experience you know and when you watch the film it's when it starts off i mean at least when it starts off started off for me i felt that i felt yes it it's okay i mean the premise is moderately interesting and yeah it's okay i mean i didn't think it's anything extraordinary okay, but at, Shivang, uh, but, before we get into the premise we should give a spoiler warning if you haven't seen the film please see the film and then come back and look at our podcast yeah surely surely just have a look at the pot i mean watch the film then come back so you see in the film i mean as i was just saying it in more general terms you know the way the the way it started it was fairly interesting nothing great i mean it's it's quite a common premise if you see this kind of body switching you know and then if you and but at one particular point in the film which i'm sure my friend shake and you guess what point that was at one point the film takes this huge turn it goes from the realm of conventionality and let us say norm, normality of the of the genre into a very different into a very different direction you know i mean yeah if you think about it the plot in itself it was pretty it was pretty conventional and pretty not generic but it went in a very uh, linear way because you were having two plot points where the people were switching uh, places and like they were going on with the life of the other person and it was pretty simple to understand but afterwards there's this one point in the film as shivang said where things basically take a chain uh, turn for the better you can say and it makes the plot even more interesting and probably makes you emotionally occupied in the film yeah i mean originally i mean at the beginning of the of the film it's like the freaky friday the hollywood movie you know i yeah. mean there's nothing extraordinary at that point but i think uh, i may take the discussion perhaps to say what point that is that i'm referring to don't you think yeah yeah so the moment we we see that itomori has been destroyed By, by by the comet colliding with it i mean at that moment there is a kind of no i would not like to say sense of horror but to an extent there is a sense of horror and fear that is created there is a sense of confusion that is created there is a general air of mystery that enters the film at that point you know what i mean and like it gives you literal chills that what the hell just happened uh, you 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 don't expect it in any which ways and it just hits you yeah it, it's not at all expected expected at that point it, because you know then you think was uh, mitsuha was she a ghost you know that 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 thought comes in the in your mind 
or or do you think that that uh, there is some game of timelines going on or something of this nature that is i mean that has led to this and so you're just totally confused trying to digest what the possibilities are i mean and you know even before that point one unique thing as such is the strong desire that is there to find mitsuha you know what i mean yes the strong desire that that he has to, to to find her despite never really having met her just having communicated through these i mean through notes in the in the in the mobile phone for example i mean that there even he the, the figure in the film itself we see that he is being driven by a kind of uh, a kind of let us say the appeal of the unknown or at least something that you partially know and it that's very true you know you know what i mean it it, it yeah. is desire to uncover a kind of mystery that exists that is driving the plot i mean he is searching for her he is searching for 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 mitsuha and yes the in this entire process of searching the there are there are a lot of things that we uncover about the characters about the relationships and if we find th- this okay so basically what has happened in this film is that uh is that mitsuha as such is not really a you, you you cannot say that 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 this is a love story in in the conventional sense you can't say it's a love story in a conventional sense because firstly taki kun has not met her as I, as i've already mentioned so the point is that she has become a kind of object of mystery for him and he for her of course and the it's a mystery in the sense that okay it's a kind of inversion of the way we actually interact with people because most of the time in life what happens we see how people behave but we do not see things from their own eyes but this is a complete inversion of that they cannot see how they actually behave they can of course read about it or or, or infer it from from i mean the reactions of people around them but they cannot see how they each other, they behave each other however they can see from each other's eyes once their once their bodies get switched so it's a very interesting sort of inversion that happens and this kind of it is it is like you have a portrait of of, of a person and you, you you slowly uncover the background of the portrait or even parts of their face but some, one of the most defining aspects of their face their eyes for example they they are not revealed they remain covered by a kind of shroud of mystery and in this entire process we find that uh, in this this en- entire process we find there is a growing desire not necessarily a desire of love or a desire of anything of that nature but just a des- just a kind of blind fondness we can see for the for, for the other person or other entity as we see here between mitsuha and taki and that is what 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 we can say fuels the film in 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 many ways and in fact that is how it culminates in the climax of the film i mean i mean it's difficult really to say what the climax is as such but if you look at the last moments of the film to i mean to of course skip a lot we see in the last moment of the film where we hear these i mean unforgettable words and in fact the invocation of the name of the film your name kimi no nawa at that moment where where they try to tell each other their names they try to tell their names i mean of course they write down their they try to write down their names on each other's hands and at that moment right after that they simply cannot recollect and at that moment mm. when they say kimi no nawa and i mean the moment after after forgetting after losing the memory at that moment that moment again is this kind of there is this undercurrent 
of romance and of affection but it's always under this sort of cover and that of course it's the first time we're actually seeing a direct interaction between these people and at that and at that moment we see we think there is going to be a, a resolution of the constant contradiction the contradiction is the two closeness of the of the individuals taki and mitsuha between that closeness and their actual distance distance made by the fact that they simply cannot meet each other that contradiction itself is not getting resolved and it is that contradiction that we think in this last moment is going to be is going to be resolved i think that that is something that characterizes so many great works of drama and film i mean to give a particular example if you look at wagner's opera tristan und isolde the i mean the the timeless love story of tristan and isolde in the fact that this love simply can never be consummated and in of course the music begins with the famous tristan chord i mean in the the first second or third bar first or second bar of the of, of the overture we find it begins with this tristan chord which expresses a kind of lack of resolution a kind of desire and throughout the opera it does not resolve until the last moment of the play in in what is called a liebestod the love's death where the love is finally consummated in death and it is that kind of moment that we find in this film here where this love can never really materialize in the in the, in a very precise way it can never materialize in the sense of a direct encounter it's even more abstract than the, than the kind of consummation we see in tristan und isolde and in in this sense what i can say is that that finally the last scene of the film the scene of the film where finally they they speak i mean where finally they meet each other somehow they meet each other uh, was it where where did they meet shri and in the uh, last... it was near uh, on in on a staircase near the station exactly that last moment there is it subverts no... expectations right you don't really think that they'll meet but they do and it's quite interesting when we think about it hmm it very true you know because it of course it's something that's not expected and despite not being expected we can also say that it leaves so much to be answered it does not close the chapter at they lived happily ever after it does not close it it does kind of close it there but not with that kind of very generic sense that everything is going to be good now because the question mark remains in the human being in the the viewer's mind now what is going to happen we have this kind of natural sense that this is a kind of happily ever after moment but really the movie ends on on, on a question mark the the entire nature of the of the relationship between these two individuals is unknown because the it's fundamentally different from the sort of relationship that their circumstances had previously in the film forced them to be in and i think that that in many ways the kind of efforts that we see that taki was taking within the film i'm sure you you remember shrey in order yeah. to save itomori those kinds of efforts that he was taking were the first pronouncements of love you know one yes, did not true. to say i love you you don't have to say daisuke 
which is I love you in Japanese. It was just through the actions that this was made so clear with that kind of debt, with that kind of dedication, determination, the dedication, determination, everything that was fostered and so, I mean, so genuinely displayed in his actions. I think that that this is something we simply cannot neglect here because it's a film of obsession. It's a film mm-hmm. of a kind of fate. Fate. I mean, it's of course a game of fate. The entire thing, because I mean, as we forgot to mention, of course, the film has this kind of cyclical nature. I mean, if you look at that uh, that plot that in in the, in the beginning of the film that she had that that, um, that that was. Though given... a lot of what happens in the film is about fate. There's also that thing about never giving up, which you can see Taki actually doing. Never gives up. He always goes and tries to find Mitsuha and. in the end of the film you see that somehow through fate or whatever he never gives up and he does find her even though they forget each other's names and whatever happens they do find a way to actually meet so the film does go in that direction which people will enjoy a lot i mean it's also to do with i mean the first encounter of mitsuha and taki before the viewer has any context of what is happening in the train you know what i'm referring to yeah so i mean i think and that sets up when the film ends when we see how closely intertwined these two destinies have been that kind kind of solidifies our ideas of inevitability within the context of the of the story at large you know i i think that there are so many things to say about this about this film and i mean it i guess that sums up the basic idea of what we are doing and i think it also relates in many ways to other films of of this um, makoto shinkai yeah. such, such as i mean i mean I, i don't want to give any spoilers because uh, because of course i mean we have garden of words spooky Garden of Words is a kind of ten. I mean, the connection there is really isn't certain. You know, with Garden of Words, but with, for example, five centimeters per second, I think it's there's a very clear, very clear connection. Uh, more so than with, with uh, Garden of Words, because the Garden of Words thing is still speculation. I mean, I don't want to say what it is because I've not given any spoiler alert on that point, and I mean, I mean, we can't assume people have also have also seen Garden of Words right now. True. But at least with five centimeters centimeters per second. there's a kind of very deep thematic relation with your name i mean whether it is in the symbolism of trains throughout or whether it is through i mean the underlying ideas i mean again i don't want to say too much but i mean the 5 centimeters centimeters per second is a kind of alternate reimagining of very similar ideas and a very similar base you know what i mean yeah but of course in a very in a very different setup in the sense that that's a film that, that that bases itself in a sort of reality and not it's not it's not fantasy in the way that your name is you know but i think that those were just a few things and i mean there's so much more to speak for example about the music that's used in the film about about sort sorts of scenes we have of course and the the beautiful animation that that we find whether it's in the fact that the, that we we see the, the, this comet in in the sky i mean and if you look at the the way the landscapes are built the way elements of shinto are in in the film how they give this kind of religious connotation to this uh, uh what is it tachikami sake sake which is the 
which is the mouth sake, mouth boot sake, which we, we which we see them making here, and the constant and in Mitsuas uh, in Mitsuas town Itomori, the constant Shinto imagery that we see, whether it's in the Shinto temple, whether it's in the traditions that they talk about, or yes, or whether visiting the visiting the resting place of their kami kamisama or gods. So I think that the the film overall is able to pack the. I don't want to say punch, but is able to have this sort of impact on on us because of this amazing combination of this amazing combination of technical brilliance, of of very finely paced storytelling, of highly evocative characters, situations, landscapes, and just a very interesting premise. And of course, the dialogue and all of that it just culminates to give us this really meaningful whole i would say yeah. i think on that note we should conclude what do you think yes yes okay then thank you so much to us. Thank, you. thank you so much for listening to us today we hope to see you soon in episode 4 thank you so much